0: Learn more at marines.com. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine. Delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello, there guys! What is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another show. Hope you're doing well. Quite a bit to get through today in the news show. Chelsea officially signing and announcing. Christopher Nkunku earlier today. Kai Havertz appears to be getting closer to a move to Arsenal this summer and then we will get into the Saudi stuff. Chelsea looking to offload quite a few players before June the 30th and some of the, in my view, quite weird theories people have come up with off the back of that news before we get into any of that good stuff if you're new around here please hit that subscribe button uh, please hit the like button really does help out uh, helps more people find the content uh but let's get into it and also as well you can listen to the show as a podcast but let's start with christopher in kunku finally signed as a chelsea player announced as well by the club the worst kept secret i do just want to shout out quickly i did a podcast view from the bridge football.london's chelsea podcast which i host once a week uh with kevin hatchard voice of the bundesliga i'm sure you would have heard his voice heard his analysis about the bundesliga and probably heard some of his commentary over Christopher Nkunku goals for RB Leipzig and we had a really really good conversation so please go and check that out it, it was a really good show and he is you know a big fan of Nkunku and believes this could be a really big signing for Chelsea but great to have it confirmed and I'm just very intrigued to see how he fits in and intrigued to see how Chelsea can make the best of this transfer a 6 year deal 53 million Chelsea went above and beyond their rivals to try and sign him quite early there is a very talented player in there there's no denying that I think the numbers speak for themselves but as we have seen in recent years good numbers don't always mean and equate you you are going to get a brilliant transfer but that isn't always the responsibility of the player and I think it is on Chelsea to clarify so many parts of the club to ensure that players like Nkunku aren't just wasted at Stamford Bridge. You know, I think it's quite ironic that we could see a situation now where Nkunku arrives and Kai Havertz leaves. Now, you know my criticisms, criticisms of Kai Havertz, but there is an honest conversation to be had around a number of players struggling at Chelsea in recent years, despite being talented and the kind of environment not being the best place for players and talents like that to arrive and develop. So just intrigued to see, I mean, looking at some of the numbers, you know, I, I think it really does show something. Uh Liam Toomey wrote a piece around Nkunku um, in terms of Chelsea having to maximise his talents, he he wrote for the Athletic. His direct goal contributions, goals and assists per 90 over the past two seasons are simply on another level from all of Chelsea's attacking options in the same period. And even prior to his reinvention as a prolific goal scorer in, in the 2019-20 season and 2020-21 season, his numbers still compare favourably to anything produced at Stamford Bridge. Since the start of 21-22, Nkunku has scored more goals and had more goal involvements than any other player in the Bundesliga this is a brilliant talent I really do hope it works out for Chelsea and for Nkunku, so we will see how he fits in under Mauricio Pochettino. Let me know your thoughts on Nkunku in the comments below. But we're going to move on now to Kai Havertz. Arsenal pushing to seal the Havertz transfer, as well as Declan Rice as Chelsea deadline nears. This is from the Czar Kinsella. Chelsea apparently still want around 70 million for Havertz, but Arsenal hope to strike a deal for a lower fee and are optimistic that an agreement can be reached. I do think this deal can get over the line. The player seems willing and apparently Chelsea's kind of stance isn't that firm or kind of rigid to a point where if we don't get 70 million, this isn't going to happen. I still do think 65 million would be a brilliant fee for Chelsea to get out of Arsenal. I thought 60 million was probably the most. There are some suggestions that Arsenal have even offered that, or at least close to that 55 million plus, you know, 5 million add-ons. If Chelsea get over 60 million, I would take it. I think that's good compensation for a player who hasn't been one of Chelsea's best. He does have years left to grow. He could go to Arsenal and flourish, but I think it's the right time probably for Chelsea and Kai Havertz to part ways. And I think that's a good deal. And it brings in a large fee. It takes off large wages off the books, which of course help with FFP. You know, are you not happy? I don't think any of us are happy that it seems like the only destination for Kai Havertz is Arsenal. I would have preferred Bayern Munich. Absolutely, but does that still mean that we persist with kai Havertz for another season i guess that's the big question uh, for you guys to to answer but we are going to move on now to the final thing today and this is it regards the saudi arabian investment in Europe, european players basically this summer and of course chelsea are involved in this with several players getting proposals and it seems like as many as like two or three, four players could be moving to Saudi Arabia from Chelsea. And of course, that really does help Chelsea out from the FFP side of things and getting rid of players that Chelsea want to sell this summer. Those players, of course, are already in Golo Kante. But ones that, you know, Chelsea would want to fee for. Hakim Ziyech, Kalidou Koulibaly, Edouard Mendy and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Lukaku has apparently already rejected an offer from Saudi Arabia. But because of this interest in several Chelsea players I guess you could include Golo Kante and that there has been a theory because of some links between Todd Bowley and Saudi Arabian business before that this is part of some grand I guess it, the best way to describe it is, is at least to some theories I've seen basically conspiracy theories that this has all been some kind of strategic kind of plan over a long period of time and I have to say it's pretty wacky and I don't think it helps the broader discussion around sports washing, around the impact of state influence in major sports in terms of serious conversations we could be having over this topic that need to be had and are relevant in the modern game. But I think people jumping to conclusions that when you actually look at the different situations, you look at each player in this case and actually look at things, it doesn't stack up. I think that this situation and just to go through some of the headlines that have come out. So Telegraph reporting that European rivals of Chelsea and Wolves call for inquiry into Saudi spending spree. Apparently one quote uh, was that, you know, basically Chelsea or, you know, Chelsea Wolves uh, one top club apparently says teams are using the Saudi Pro League as a get out of uh, FFP jail free card. And of course, this does link to to Boli, who has long done business in saudi arabia and last year revealed that kane international one of the companies for which he sits on the board had teamed up with the country's pif over a 900 million dollar investment in a luxury hotel group chelsea have never commented on reports last year that pif are also major investors in the club's majority shareholder clear lake capital Bowley's business interest in Saudi Arabia have also have already prompted questions about the sale of Chelsea's unwanted players to the country's pro league at a time when the club need to drastically reduce the size of their squad. So there is a link there in terms of business connections. But talking about Bowley, right? I, I think it's quite hilarious and ironic and hypocritical now because to be quite crude and quite blunt about it, Todd Bowley specifically has been painted as an incompetent for most of the season. And he's been painted as someone, this kind of arrogant, um, incompetent kind of American. Let's just be honest about what the the discourse has been around Toboli for the first season he's been at Chelsea, because, you know, this is where this leads to, right? And why it doesn't make much sense. He's been painted as that, you know, just going on a whim, making wild decisions. And it's, you know, blown up in his face. It's blown up in Chelsea's faces this season. And Chelsea's massive bloated squad is the form of just absolute madness and chaos behind the scenes, a lack of strategy. To go from that perception and narrative to then one of this has all been some kind of master plan for the chess where Chelsea have been planning this with PIF for a long period of time. Again, it's far fetched. But then, as we'll get into with each of these cases with players, is just completely undermined by the facts and completely undermined by how these players' careers have gone in recent years and how they could have gone in very different directions. So let's look through some of these players, right? Firstly, Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy was in talks with Chelsea over a new contract as recently as last year. Those talks broke down. Apparently, Edward Mendy wanted more money. He's kind of been phased out of the first team because of a drop in form. Kepa kind of re-emerging as number one choice. And then, of course, you know, back end of this season, it was made clear. I think Simon Johnson reported this first from The Athletic. He's kind of been told to look for for a future elsewhere. So he's known he's had to do that for quite a while now. So there's one player that could have remained because he was a key player in the Champions League win quite recently. Kaladu Koulibaly was signed for a massive fee last summer. I don't think Chelsea's owners would have wanted to see him leave quite quickly after that investment last summer. But it hasn't worked out for him in the Premier League. Hakim Ziyech was basically a fax machine, or the right email away on deadline day in January from leaving on loan for PSG. If that went well, he could potentially have moved there on a permanent deal. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, as we know, was kind of signed through the influence of Thomas Tuchel, who was then sacked after his first game. Again, when you get into very specific details, and I think Matt Law in his piece very much, you know, really exposes this in, in kind of the most concrete and, and obvious way is that the fact that Chelsea attempted to keep N'Golo Kante at the club were basically derailed because Saudi Arabia offered a massive, massive fee to N'Golo Kante. They offered him this incredible proposal, apparently, which he couldn't turn down. So the accusation of some kind of link here falls by the wayside when you actually look at the individual cases. And I come back to this we can have very serious conversations around what it means sports washing the links to human rights abuses what it means for our sport what what do we want the sport to be i don't think those conversations are silly i don't think they're out of place But when people jump to these conclusions and looking for links where, or or just, you know, this grand conspiracy theory, you know, that I just don't think is right. I I think nine times out of 10, and, and I also think in this specific case, I think Chelsea have just been lucky. And sure... I don't think it's completely out of uh, of the ordinary that maybe Boley has been helped by the fact he does have previous business links. But it doesn't mean it's part of some kind of conspiracy. It's part of some kind of grand plan that Chelsea have had to get rid of players because of FFP. I think Chelsea have got lucky that there is a, a country of a lot of wealth who have decided to invest very heavily in players of a bracket where Chelsea, you know, in a bracket of, of players and profile that Chelsea are looking to currently sell. It's also the fact that, you know, there is agency with these players. They don't have to go if they don't want to go. It's not like um, they are being forced off to Saudi Arabia. There could have been other proposals for these players. Again, there is nuance within these conversations. But of course, you know, football media, it tends to always be the most extreme and kind of very black and white, good versus evil. And that's it. And we don't have any, you know, especially Arsenal fans coming up with some wacky theories too. I mean, talking about and getting very angry at Chelsea having to sell players and being able to sell players apparently now, but then also wanting to buy one of our players in Kai Havertz is quite funny. But those are my thoughts. Uh, let me know yours in the comments below. Oh, uh, one final thing I didn't touch on at the start of the show, but do want to, because I, I think it's a very positive development. Nazar Canceler reporting that Armando Breuer is going to be traveling with the under-21s uh, for a preseason tour, I believe, of Portugal very soon to get ready for July the 1st for Mauricio Pochettino, which is great. You know, back from that injury that he had that really derailed what could have been a, a breakthrough season for him. And I do think even with Nicholas Jackson coming in, I said this in my previous show, but I think. Think it, it, this is a great chance for Breyer this summer. I really, really do that he can make an impression under Mauricio Pochettino. Let me know your thoughts on everything we discussed today. Follow me on Twitter at Chelsea, and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.